You are listening to Ragtime Explosion. Part 3. How fast shall we march? Hello, I'm Darren Gordon and here is the second section of Maple Leaf Rag from our 1916 recording. This time, listen carefully to the oompa oompa of Scott Joplin's left hand. Just listen one more time to the left hand. Focus on the oompa oompa. It's low to high, very regular. Oompa oompa. Where is Scott Joplin's ragged right hand is off the beat and exciting and unpredictable? His left hand is regular, on the beat. It's conservative and predictable for the whole piece. Oompa oompa. But what I want to know is, where did this oompa oompa of Joplin's left hand come from? What music inspired him? Definitely marching music. Big brass bands with lots of percussion. For the troops, this was the theme music of their drills, ceremonies and battles too. And for a wider audience, marching bands served as a symbol of American pride and patriotism. What's most important for us though is the beat absolutely steady. One, two, three, four, just like Joplin's left hand. I'm gonna play you a recording from 1890 just to really feel the history and then we'll switch to a modern version. Washington Post March, composed in 1889. One, two, three, four. The oompa oompa of Joplin's left hand. Scott Joplin's mother handed over her talented son to the tutelage of a German-born teacher, Julius Weiss, who introduced him to the best of European classical compositions. Joplin loved to learn the structure, the forms, the rhythmic pattern of different traditions. It's a fair bet that Herr Weiss would have taught him to play and appreciate polkas and waltzes. Perhaps the Blue Danube, composed in 1866. It wasn't enough for Joplin to write a ragtime tune that got people dancing, made them happy. He wanted to elevate the rhythms of ragtime into a whole new music genre. Maple Leaf Rag is highly structured. It's got eight sections, each with a letter to represent the tune in that section. And there's lots of repetition. The structure is, wait for it, AA, as in the first section is repeated. Then section B, then A again, and then section C twice and section D twice, all adding up to A, A, B, B, A, C, C, D, D. So what? I hear you cry. 
This repetition, followed by contrast, creates a sense of balance in the piece and a recognisable structure for the listener. It's as if you already know the tune and where it's going, even on your first time of listening. But what I want to stress here is Joplin's cleaving to the sophistication and elegance of classical music, its structure and form. If we take away the raggedness of Joplin's right hand, the left hand and the structure makes Maple Leaf Rag a classical piece of music. Joplin was a serious man and he was desperate to be taken seriously as a composer. Later in life, he even wrote a ragtime opera to demonstrate that, well, he was the kind of guy who could write operas. His publisher, Stark, insisted that ragtime was played by the cultured of all nations and is welcomed in the drawing rooms and boudoirs of good taste. Classic ragtime is as high class as Chopin. Unfortunately, many music aficionados of the time viewed this new classical music as simple and vulgar. You might say, who cares what they think? Joplin did. So now, here I am, taking on this masterpiece, cracking my knuckles, laying out the sheet music and feeling a bit nervous. You know what my first question is? How fast do I need to play it? This isn't just a side question, this is absolutely crucial, not just because the higher the speed, the bigger the challenge, but more importantly, because I want to give that respect to the piece that Joplin wanted and do it right. I don't mean identifying exactly the right beats per minute, but the interpretation. For example, should it be this fast? Should it be this fast? Very different, eh? This is where we have a piece of a listener participation. That's you, by the way. I would like to invite you to join the jury. I have got together. Listen to my four pieces of evidence, and then you, the jury, can decide on the maple leaf rag's correct speed. So, members of the jury, I would like to start with exhibit number one, Scott Joplin's instructions. What did he tell future pianists to do? Very clearly, at the top of the first page of sheet music, Joplin writes, Tempo de marcho, marching speed. Now, you could argue this isn't entirely helpful because people who are marching can march quickly or slowly, but I would suggest it gives a heavy hint. The sort of marching Joplin is thinking of, steady, umpa, umpa, like the brass band music, isn't going to be as manic as this. But we can glean more by looking at Joplin's other comments. For example, elsewhere, he wrote this. Ragtime is destroyed by careless or imperfect rendering and very often players lose the effect entirely by playing too fast. Now I can understand this. If you play this piece in a rush, the listener can't hear the spaces in between the beats and it's in those spaces, the off beats, that the ragtime rhythm thrives. I have in front of me a book of 20 of his rags. Let's have a look at his comments here. This is what's written above a piece called Euphonic Sounds. Notice, don't play this piece fast. It is never right to play ragtime fast. Ah, and here's the entertainer, his other very famous piece. 
you know, this one. Well, that is definitely not the speed Joplin intended. What has he written about this piece of music? Just two words. Not fast. This is the entertainer that Joplin meant. So, members of the jury, it's an open and shut case. Maple leaf rag must be played slowly, not fast. As Joplin said, it is never right to play ragtime fast. You have been listening to Ragtime Explosion.